You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and we're here today with special guests Aurora Halal and Relaxer. Uh, we're going to start with a set from Aurora and then do an interview with both artists, and then Relaxer's going to close out the show. And uh, now we're just going to get right into the mix with Aurora Halal. You're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio.
listening to Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. We're just getting out of the mix with Aurora Halal. Thank you for that. Thank you. And we also have Relaxer here in the studio who's going to play next, but we're going to ask them some questions first. Mm. So, let's see. I guess let's start with the group questions. You're both from the D.C. area? Yes. And you actually, you grew up really close to each other, right? Like a few blocks away, actually, but we weren't close at all during that time, so it's kind of weird we figured out later. So you went to the same high school and junior high and things like this? No, I had a pretty different like experience because I went to Catholic schools, um, which was horrible in the <laughs> suburbs and but I was lived in DC and I kinda missed out on the like the local scene as much. But um but yeah, he was huh. on Discord and everything. So Daniel, you went to public schools? Yeah. And you were you were like a rock guy in DC and a yeah, I started going to punk shows um, when I was like 13 or 14, and then started playing in bands when I was 15. But I mean, yeah, it was it was cool. It was, um, a friend of mine from middle school, his parents were like old punk people, and his mom had been in this band called Scalding Urine, and so uh-huh. she was like, Scalding. <laughs> 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 yeah, and his dad was a projectionist at this art house theater called the Biograph. So. It was like this early education where it was like go to the biograph and see like um oh what's the Svenkmeyer's like Faust and Kurosawa movies and they would like run porn during the days but we wouldn't be allowed in to see the porn. But then mm-hmm. at night, like yeah, his mom was like I remember one time she was like, You should go check out this band, like the Boredoms and um I was like 15 and DC was great. You could just go to clubs and there was no, it was all ages stuff. So like pretty much straight away, just going out and being like, what's, you know, what's happening? They saw like the boredoms, bad brains, um, what's or the, soul brains. And were the, uh, I saw bad brains too. Yeah. Were the, was the boredoms on the Sonic youth tour? Was it that No, tour? they were playing solo and they had some band opening for them where the guitar player had a whisk he was playing with. I remember I was like, what's going on with that whisk? You know, like all excited. But, um, yeah, they had three drummers, um, like the normal drums, Japanese drums, and then electro electronic drums, and then uh, the guitar player had a Strat and like a trucker hat and like a hundred pedals, and the bass player had one of those like bodiless like plastic basses that's just like a line, and an afro, and a bunch of pedals, and then I was like wearing some like pink kids sweatshirt and like flying around the stage, and it was like the craziest. Thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, I, I had sure. a similar experience. I was I was looking it up to see what year it is. It the, was ninety nine or ninety eight. Okay, I saw them on the Sonic Youth Dirty Tour, Word. which was ninety. Looks like that album came out in ninety two, and that was the first. My very first show was Michael yeah. Jackson, and oh, then word. that was Whoa. that was the first show show I went to. My dad yeah. took me, and I went to see Sonic Youth. I was really into them. I'd never really heard of the Boredoms. Yeah, and they were the opening act, and that kind of. Yeah, changed my. I'd never heard anything like it. Just completely rewired my brain. Yeah, having were, that experience as probably around that age too, like 15, 16 years. Yeah, old. that was that was pretty big. And then, yeah, of course, like Fugazi was playing all the time. And all yeah, that, that stuff was, was happening. another early show for me was seeing Fugazi for yeah. five bucks. Yeah, that <laughs> was great. That was awesome. So, you guys grew up in the same neighborhood, a few blocks from each other. Didn't hang out. Well, I went to punk shows too. I was okay. really into that. Um, but I knew him because he was in a really popular band and everything, but, okay. uh, but we weren't friends or anything. So when when did you reconnect? When did that happen? We met up in San Francisco through like 
mutual friends, beautiful swimmers, and the whole like Future Times crew. Right. Because Aurora had become friends with them, and I was close with them separately. And so she was visiting San Francisco, and uh, like a group of us all hung out, and we started to get to know each other more. Then. And, and then you moved here pretty yeah. soon after that. And did, didn't you have like early party experiences with the beautiful swimmers? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Like, you're, like what kind of got you into the well, whole? They were the first DJs I knew that I liked, you know. Right. Um, and they were playing Italo and stuff at the time and totally rewired my brain yeah. at the time. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, they threw these parties in the woods and it's kind of interesting. We were thinking about it. It's like uh, that became like a dream of mine to do for so long that it's kind of weird that now like uh, over 10 years later. I'm actually doing it, but it's totally different than what that was. Yeah, I can't remember when exactly it was we had the conversation, but I remember having a conversation with you about doing some kind of outdoor party upstate that was influenced by these beautiful swimmer outdoor events you went yeah. to upstate. This is like years before Sustain release happened. Yeah, that it was like a, it was deeply it lodged in my brain as yeah. an idea. Well, it was the seed for throwing parties in general in the city. I thought of it as the same sort of like idea. Yeah. But and to be honest, I don't really like enjoy open air parties anymore. Like I'm, that was my only one that I've really went to since just this summer, I've gone to a ton of open air parties, but I'm, I sort of switched my focus into indoor, more immersive clubbing type situations. But uh, now I'm checking out more outdoor things and sustain is indoors. A lot of, some people think it's outdoor, but it's actually fully indoor. Except oh, right. for the pool party, which only happened once out of three years because <laughs> it was always rainy. Right. Well, for, for our listeners who don't maybe know what Sustain Release is, why don't you tell them what, what this is that we're um, talking about here? Sustain Release is a uh, annual party in upstate New York that I've been doing now for three years. So this is the fourth one coming up in September, um, next week, actually. And uh, it has about a thousand people this time. It started off with 500. And... Um, we don't call it a festival, but I guess it's like a festival type project. Um, we think of it more like a rave in the woods and the it's in a kid's summer camp. Um, so everyone stays in cabins and the stages are in converted like uh, gymnasiums. Right. And my friend uh, Nightmind does uh, really elaborate DIY lighting for it. And uh, we try to set up really awesome sound systems from sub bass and I'm really excited about it. Um, we have the bunker artist Wata Iragashi coming. Super excited about that. Yeah, and Romans. Romans. Yeah, and yeah. Justin Cudmore. Cudmore. And I should mention we're doing a kind of well, not really a pre-sustain release because it's the same night as the first night of sustain release, but a lot of the artists who are playing at sustain for those who can't make it up are playing at the bunker in Good Room in Brooklyn uh, on September fifteenth, and that's with Randomer, Romans, Wata Iragashi. Uh, Resum, Chris Sausage, and Bish, who's not playing, but he's my buddy from India who happens to be in town. Um, so you've mentioned you haven't been to a lot of other open air things. Just this summer, I've been to like seven, right? But before that, not really. So I'm curious how now that you're when you started Sustain Release, uh, or when you and Zara started it. Um, you hadn't really, at that point, you hadn't really been playing at a lot of festivals around the world yet. None, pretty much. I, right. Maybe one or something. Right. Uh, Unsound, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, no, I had only no. really done visuals there. Yeah. Um, but I'd been to Unsound. I was really inspired by it. Um, and Zara's influence was Free Rotation, which I've actually still never been to. Yeah, me neither. I've always wanted to do that. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, so it was it was a new project, you know. I don't in general, I now am experiencing festivals, but at the time I hadn't really been to one, so that's not really been the focus. I don't really want it to be a festival. For some reason, I'm kind of like scared of that word for this because it often, you know, signifies a corporate kind of thing or like um kind of like a collection of names kind of thrown together. We see this more as like a party. Yeah. I mean, that is a big criticism I would have of a lot of festival culture. Not all of them, of course. I mean, we just both played at Waking Life where people play really long sets and it's very nice, but a lot of festivals, it just becomes how many people can we cram onto a lineup, give them all hour long sets and just get as many people here as possible paying as much money, which is like the gross side of festivals. Yeah. I'm not really interested in doing that at all. And we limit this to a thousand. This is our biggest one so far. Last year it was 900. Um, I think that's a good amount for this. I don't, I don't, well, unless we had a different space, but I th- it's all about an intimate kind of thing where you know everybody and, or if you don't know them, then you'll hopefully meet them. And yeah. Um, yeah. So why, why the invite only system? Um, well, in a very basic way, it helps with the demand because there's, we want people to come back that have been there before. Right. And um, it already started very small with 500 people. And um, there was only 700 the next year. So we wanted to be sure that the that everyone who came before had a chance to buy a ticket before it sold out or anything like that. Right. And so basically the membership system is based on anyone who's previously gone. So everyone who's gone can get um, a ticket for their friend. And then... Um, whoever ends up going, then they get their own membership and then they can bring their own friends. So I think that's a good way. It also keeps it familial. Like you have to basically know someone to go. And if you don't know anyone, maybe wait a year till you meet someone, you know? So does it then sell out very quickly or more quickly the every first, year? As the it... first year did not, it was really stressful actually. The first year we were like <laughs> crawling on these 500 tickets. We're like, we've made a big mistake. What do we do? It was like one and then there was like two. It was, it was really it's, harsh. It eventually sold out like two weeks before. So we were like, oh God. But, um, but since then it sold pretty quickly and now it's actually gotten to the point where it's kind of, he- it's really hectic and it sells out within like an hour. Okay, because so, you have so many people with logins now, and they can all bring a plus one, so yeah. they go on sale and you buy it right then. Or Yeah, but we changed it a little bit, so this year the members could only buy it for themselves in the first round, and then the second round people could get their guest ticket, and that slowed it down a lot. That made it a lot better. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a really fun experience. I love learning about different approaches, trying to like put all my ideas into it. Like I basically see it as an art project, so every every year I get excited about like new ideas I can try to integrate or try out different you know methods of production and stuff that was really like inefficient and i want every, i want it to be a good experience because we were all kind of like crazy you know like hadn't slept at all for the first two yeah. it was really hectic and now it's like a lot more relaxed and you have a bigger staff maybe and yeah but it's still really small staff yeah, yeah like I mean, maybe six people that are working the whole weekend on our production team and then additional volunteers and stuff i feel like the membership and the amount of people and the no sponsors they all kind of go together where it's like we don't want to have to have like branded stages we don't want to have to have like it's just if we keep it small to a certain amount of people then people can be accountable we don't have to have like crazy infrastructure we can try you know people feel engaged with it and if we have a small staff who's engaged it doesn't have to be this giant like ultra over the top production thing that it can be really high quality and at the same time like 
manageable mostly by us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, people like, it's DIY, with. entirely DIY. Well, it's also people you, well, I guess you don't know everybody, but it built out of people you know being there, which I know from experience with the bunker when the more of the crowd you know, the less problems you're going to have. And yeah. things kind of self police themselves. You don't yeah. have to worry about security being up in everybody's grill because everybody's more or less yeah behaving totally like, we haven't had hardly any incidents actually it was it's been really great yeah yeah i was only there the first year but it was very peaceful in a way yeah everybody just, was just everybody stolen was, golf carts that's it yeah <laughs> somebody stole golf carts yeah. i mean you know they're, <laughs> they're not they didn't sweet take problems. it off the problems are just cute you know they're so far <laughs> Yeah. And people climbing the the, the water tower wall. thing or whatever. Yeah. The yeah. Oh, I remember that from the first. Year. We saw a picture someone posted on Facebook of them making the summit at the top of the like 300 foot climbing wall. We're just like, oh no! <laughs> like, yeah. I just really, I, the one thing I, I wish people would. There are turtles in this pond, that the new location, that apparently have very sharp and powerful beaks. And <laughs> we've warned people not to swim in the pond, but I think one they of, one think. One of these days, it's gonna be a horror they movie. They think we're making it up, but we're not. And I really don't want anybody swimming with those turtles. So that's why they can't swim. It's gonna be like the movie Piranha. Yeah, there's these, yeah, there's this whole family of like snapping turtles. Snapping turtles. <laughs> I'm like, please, don't swim. I don't They're care. Probably not that ferocious. I don't care what you're on. Like, just help us out. <laughs> okay. So as I mean, as you've, I mean, both of you have traveled around the world and uh, playing festivals and parties and clubs. How? How does that feed back into sustain release? Is that where you're kind of getting some of your production ideas and inspiration? Is that do you think that's yeah, helped help things? It's super inspiring. I, I really enjoy it. And one of my favorite things when traveling is learning about the local underground scenes. Seeing, you know, at my favorite parties are small ones that are also DIY, like learn or, or not DIY necessarily, but like, you know, a labor of love kind of thing. And I really I love seeing them all as different philosophies. You know, not anything it's not about like what's the best. It's like they're all really unique little universes, and I just really enjoy that. Um, the school is really inspiring to me. I love seeing the way they do that. Everyone who works there is really involved in all the projects. And one, one thing I share with them is an idea that um, longer sets often result in more powerful experiences. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, the school is one of my favorite places I've played in the past couple of years as well. Oh, it's yeah. so places. amazing! So just the whole operation and they've got the gym and the restaurant and it's yeah. just like family vibe amongst the staff and and i love that it's not about big names there they always have sort of like underground yeah, things true. and every you know everyone's equally given like a really good slot so it's like you really get to see what this person you know what their vibe is truly without like any yeah. compromise and i just love that plus i think it's cool because it is so family but it's also like totally like scary like den of iniquity in a way which is yeah. cool it's like it's a labor friendly. of love to make a really like intense techno tunnel you know yeah. as opposed to like family vibe that's like wholesome right it is wholesome at its core but the the experience is like they're, awesome they're yeah. trying to create this intense yeah that's cool. unhinged experience yeah yeah that's very cool um, so the two of you, I guess a couple more questions together. Um, you, how, how frequently do you play together or tour together? I know we were saying that your live shows together are actually pretty rare so far. Extremely. Uh, we, ha yeah, we've barely done that. Um, yeah. when I first started touring, I was doing visuals for ITEL. Um, and then I stopped doing video. 
but um, then we played a few shows. Like we play uh, together, but it's often two separate sets. Right. Um, and yeah. we, you know, do it as an ITAL and Hall All Night. And I really love doing that because we both like understand each other's vibe and build it up for each other. And I, I, I just think it usually results in a good night. But I'm really excited about doing our collaborative live set. We did uh, two so far, one at the Bunker Unsound a few years ago. Yeah, it was 2014. Yeah, Port- wow. Porter Ricks. Three years ago. Porter Ricks one, April 2014. It was with Porter Ricks at what's that place called? The Wick. The Wick. The Wick. Epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, epic space. And then we just did one at Noctu Guitar, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, we wrote a whole new set for that, and yeah, really looking forward to doing the party uh, with the bunker coming up. Yeah. And do you guys have releases together or planned two. releases together? We have. We have two, and we're working on some more now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Daniel, you've you've had a recent name change. Yeah. It's no longer doing started playing live as relaxer this year. Um, in February I played the first show at Berghain. And last year I started releasing the EPs. Um, so I did three and then the next one's coming up in a couple weeks. And yeah, it's been really cool. I mean, I I have been working on you know, I mean I'm always just working on music like all the time. And I've been doing ITAL since 2010 and releasing since 2011. And I just, all, all, you know, this new kind of vibe started coming through that was like, I really identified with. And I felt like I was, the more I explored it, the more I felt like I was like trying to shoehorn it into this old alias. And right. like having the new one, it kind of underlies a lot of, the name touches on, um, certain like kind of like paranoid quasi-political anxieties i have and um and it just felt like a great way to like start presenting it in a new light so yeah um so you were you were producing as relaxer but then still your like your dj nights at pasta and stuff you were still yeah i just i started releasing these 12 inches each one is just relaxer the labels relaxer the eps were relaxer and i did and i just was like i can't remember were those like anonymous 12 inches they started off anonymous i just wanted to like put it out and like not have any baggage it wasn't like oh this is going to be mysterious producer but it just i wanted to be like let's just get this out and have it be not you can just listen to it or not. I don't. I don't really care. I wasn't trying to make like a huge splash or like, you know, be something where I tour with a mask on or anything like that. Yeah, no. I know. I know, I know a few artists. Who I tried on some masks, but like they're all really hot. No, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. It was yeah, just. It just felt right to like kind of let it creep up a bit. Yeah. You know. And now it's full on. Are you are you still doing the nights at Bassa or no? I, I retired it um, in July. Okay. And uh, I had done it for four years. And I mean, Bassa is like one of my favorite venues in the world. And it's like I feel like really greatly affected um, the yeah the Brooklyn music community in terms of giving a new generation of like people, including myself, like a place to start DJing and. You can see, I mean, I feel like in our generation, like there was before Bossa, there was like all live sets. It seemed like very few people were like DJing for like right. from our like friend group. It's in, and from like the kind of like outsider house-ish thing, I felt like people were really focused on these like live sets in Bossa, like gave people a chance to DJ and explore, um, yeah, explore this music in like a totally different way, which was great. But after like four years, I was like, 
felt like I had pretty much covered what I wanted to do. <laughs> and um, I wanted to try some more collaborations and put the ITAL alias to rest and just felt felt good. So, so plans for new parties or other venues or anything? Or are you just focusing on making music right now? Right now, music and sustain. And, yeah. And the label, Lover's Rock. Um, and yeah. That's so it. you have two labels, Lover's Rock and Relaxer. Yeah. But Relaxer is just for Relaxer. Right. So Relaxer <laughs> lives on Relaxer. Lover's Rock is like, mm, I mean, I've released on it, but I've got some stuff coming out from other artists. And so it's like the next one's a ambient EP by Damon Eliza Palermo. And then we're working on one with Betta Labray and seeing what else is coming on. Cool. And the first track that you played, Aurora, was a collaborative track that the two of you did? Yeah, that's from our live set that we did yeah. at Noct Tall. It's like a remix of the A1 from the next Relaxer record. Okay. And are you working on a different set from for the bunker or yeah. can it evolve it from the Noct yeah. Tall one? Yeah. It was actually really fun to work on it, so I'm looking forward to doing more. Yeah. Because you, the two of you share studio space. No, we have two different studios. Oh. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be at each other's throats. My turn. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I think the reason we haven't released more collaborative stuff is we can never pick which studio to jam in. <laughs> right, and then you've kind of. I don't like his. his I don't like yours. Move some gear over, <laughs> rewire some things. Yeah. yeah. Very picky. Both very picky. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, with that, should we get back into the mix? Yeah. Sure. Uh, Relaxer is going to close out the show. And uh, yeah, thanks to both of you for coming on. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. Chat. Yeah. Um, so again, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio, and we're going to get into the mix with Relaxer right now. You're listening to Red Bull Radio.
you're listening to the Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Uh, just finishing up the show here. We've been in the mix with Relaxer for the past 50 minutes. Looks like we have about four minutes left. Uh, thanks to Aurora and Alex- Relaxer for joining us. It's been a very cool show. Uh, you can look up information on Aurora's Festival, Sustain Release online, and also be sure to go to thebunkerny.com to, for more information about our upcoming parties and such. Um, so yeah, thanks again for joining us. You've been listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Mm-hmm.